Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to Tap Room Sports, a sports podcast unlike any other podcast around. That's right, because it's about two of the greatest things on this planet sports and beer. I am your host, Jordan. Stacks on stacks on stacks, lacks. Here with my partner, my friend, the beer expert, catching up to me in, uh, in Best Bets, Mr. Big. Ball and Ben Larson. What's up, Ben? Man, it's uh, it's going well. Great, uh, great weekend. Got uh, you know, got a couple beers. Got to go to the breweries yesterday, so made me happen. But uh, man, I'm I'm not not catching up to you on best bets. I I went over two today, so I mean that that wasn't pretty. Um, but uh, hey, how's your weekend going? Man, it was awesome because I mean last. Last night, yesterday, we had tons of college football. We had a great matchup, Alabama versus Georgia. Great action all day. UFC, Zombie versus Ortega. And then we we had the nightcapper, fucking uh, Loma versus Lopez. And I, you, you remember how stoked I was yesterday. Oh, yeah. You guys follow us on Instagram. I was pumped. And it ended up not being such a good night. I drank one too many IPAs. <laughs> woke up with a hangover. But, yo, I'm here. I'm drinking more beer, and but we about to have a good show, man. We got a guest on today, my friend Corday Snell. Yep. He's a comedian from Richmond, California. Uh, he's gonna be joining us for football, but man, we here. Yeah, and we, hey, we're gonna stay positive. We're gonna stay positive. Hey. And we're gonna win. We're gonna win. Yeah, and before we uh, get to these sports and uh, our best bets for the week, trying to turn things around. I want to talk to you about beer. Um, you know, I know you uh, you drank a lot yesterday, made it a little tough to to drink tonight. But you know, I gotta gotta hear what you've you've got going on. But before we start that, I want to tell everybody, you know, what the the beer aspect of our podcast is. Uh, Jordan and I are huge beer fans. We love going and supporting our local breweries. We love uh, you know spending times in the tap rooms or out in the beer gardens. I mean, we'd love the taste of beer. We'd love how it goes with sports. So it's a it's a win win for us. Um, you know, uh, we're going to be rating beers, you know, a beer or two on each podcast, and uh, letting you guys know what we think is good and and what's a bad beer. So, you know, I'm out in the Bay Area. Jordan's out in Vegas. We're going to be trying uh, local beers as well as you know beers from all over the United States. So, you know, Jordan, what do you what do you got for us tonight? Tonight I got beers from all over the United States. All right. You know, I've been been trying to find beers from all over. So I got my first beer is the LIC, uh, the Humming Dragon. It's out of Long Island City, New York. Um, this one's actually out of uh, Queens, New York. So the LIC has a LIC Beer Project is a, like a, a bunch of beers from the New York Tri-City area. Nice. And this one happens to be from Queens. It's an IPA. Um, it's my first beer I've ever tried from them. So, you know, shout out New York. We're going to see how this one goes down. It's a 7%. Nice. Stoked to try it. The second beer has one of the, has one of the coolest cans I've ever seen. It's called Lightning Drops. It's out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, the can is awesome. So the beer tastes as good as the can looks. I'm, I'm really stoked to try this one, even though I really didn't want to drink today, but you know, now that I'm not... (laughs) <laughs> now I started sipping on this beer. It's like the hair of the dog. So yep. we good. We good. What are you sipping on tonight? Yeah, I, I decided to uh, to go local. Um, you know, mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I was trying to get a uh, Camino beer, but 
man, when I went over there, they were closed and uh, unfortunately couldn't spend a lot of time downtown. So I, I kind of turned back to uh, one of the oldies but goodies. One of my favorites, I, uh, I went over to Hoppus and, uh, you know, got one of their, their beers to go. And uh, I got the Experience Talus Hazy Pale Ale. It's a 5.9. Uh, and, you know, this beer is kind of unique because it's named after the Talus Hops, which is a new hop strain. Um, it was kind of bred to be, you know, highly pungent in kind of that uh, citrus and kind of woodsy kind of flavor and oil to it. So um, it's a, a beer specific to the hops, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm stoked. Uh, like I said, it was, uh, you know, one of my favorite breweries out there. Um, but uh, I just found out that they're going to be opening up a tap room in Los Gatos, which is, you know, literally right around the corner for me. And, uh, you know, I, I can't wait to check out that spot. But, uh, you know, the second beer I, I grabbed was another one from San Jose here. Uh, it's a, it's kind of a new brewery. It's a Narrative Fermentations. It took over the Santa Clara Valley Brewing Company spot. And uh, I, I love it. It was a Kickstarter of two buddies who went to high school together, loved uh, beer, and, you know, had a passion for making beer and drinking beer. Man, they had some great beers. I tried their Donatelli Italian, Italian Pilsner yesterday, their Tentacle Cold Fermented Pale Ale. Ooh, it was on point, and I gotta say, they had a, a food group out there called Z Dirty Bird Bistro, and I had a duck confit sandwich with my pale ale, and whoo, man, we're bougie <laughs> out here. But, uh, hey. hell yeah, beer was good, food was great, uh, beer was great too. Uh, it, it definitely might be my, uh, one of my new favorites, so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's our beer aspect, man. I'm I'm excited to get Cordy in here. Let's let's talk football. All right, y'all. Let's get into some football. Uh, we had a big weekend. A lot of uh, upsets. A lot of good games. We got a special guest here with us. My boy Corday Snell, out of Richmond, California. He's a comedian. And he is the biggest LeBron James hater I know. <laughs> Keep it 100. You already know. <laughs> What's going on, Cordy? Oh, he's also the biggest. He's like the biggest Eagles fan, too. Yeah. So that's why I, I had to bring him on for this show. But, I mean, my man, what's going on tonight? Uh, man, I'm good. I'm just chilling, man. Just, uh, just trying to get over this loss. You know, but I'm still out here repping. Rep my team all the time. You know, I ain't, I ain't you know. I feel like at this point, though, you should be used to this. It should be a, uh, every every Sunday occurrence. I mean, at this point, no. I mean, I'm not used to – I mean, I'm not like, you know, the Raiders are back in the day or like, you know, some other trash teams. You know, like Arizona Cardinals have a history of losing or like the Detroit all Lions right, or something. All right, all right, all right, all right. And, and this one was tough, man. Uh, this one was tough. Only it was, a two-point game, too, against the Ravens. Was. That, was, that was a lot closer than uh, anybody expected. I was watching the game, man. I'm just like, yo, this, this is getting out of hand. And I'm like, oh, we, we uh, our one uh, receiver who we Fogum or something like that, who we threw to, makes a play. I'm like, oh, okay, we cool. All right, they're playing prevent defense, and then oh, we coming back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a two point game. Oh, snap, we can do it. We can do it. And of course, yep. they call a terrible play. Yeah, on the goal line. I've I've never seen a handoff look like that. That's definitely high school shit. Like you never see it that bad. <laughs> that was awful. But I gotta yeah. ask you this because. I see a lot of people like always slandering uh, Carson Wentz. Yeah. And I know that you, uh, are you like defend him all the time? Like, mm -hmm. 
you don't put a lot of the blame on of what's happening with the Eagles on him. You know, can you speak to that or, you know, like what's going on with the Eagles? If it's not Carson Wentz, who is to blame for like what's going on with this with this Eagles team right now? Um, I think number one is injuries. Um, we've had a ton of injuries. Uh, our left tackle was out. He tore his biceps. Then J.C. Peters, who came as our backup, who moved from right guard to left guard, he's out. Brandon Brooks, our all-pole right guard, is out. Uh, Lane Johnson is out. So we have we have three injuries at the offensive line. Our receivers are depleted. Um, our backup tight end, Goddard, who probably was eventually probably going to take Zach, uh, Zach Ertz's spot, he's hurt out, he out as well. So the thing that was supposed to be our strong suit, our offense, is already behind. And our defense, who, like, is questionable and our linebackers are trash, um, <laughs> they're, they're not doing well either. Also, second um, is Doug Peterson, his play calling, I felt, ever since um, he lost um, Frank Wright and John Filippo, the, the QB coach, in the same year, he hasn't been as creative as much. Um, he reminds me a lot of how old Andy Reid was when we had um, no receivers, but he kept deciding to throw the ball and Donovan McNabb was inaccurate and would struggle because if you don't have receivers to go to or to throw to, you can't be, and they're not getting separation, they're not getting right. open, you, your completion percentage won't be high. But instead of, oh, well, we don't have the weapons outside, let's run the ball more. No, that's not what we're going to do. We're going to keep on throwing it. We're going to keep forcing it down the field. And then when Carson's struggling, because um, he's forcing things or he's trying to play hero ball, uh, then he starts to look bad. Like, Peterson isn't scheming nobody open. Like, Zach Ertz, last two games, I think he's had, like, a total of probably, like, 10 catches, but it's, like, for under 40 yards. It's like so why, why aren't we doing – yeah, like, why aren't we doing, like, bunch formations to, like, get him so nobody can, like, press him off the line, release him out of the backfield, let's get him going early. Right. Uh, Miles Sanders always busts for, like, a big 50, 60-yarder. I was going to say, like, Miles Sanders has been a bright spot. Even yeah. though the offense has been struggling, like, he's been killing it. I got him on one of my fantasy teams, so I yeah. definitely know. And he had over 100 yards rushing yeah. against a good Baltimore defense today. So, I mean, you're on to Dude, something. It, it, like, what is up with the play calling? Uh, For some reason, Peterson doesn't like to run the ball that much. And honestly, for a large portion of this game, our running game was being stuffed. But Sanders seems like he always can bust it on a draw. Yeah. Get yep. him out in space, like make him give it somehow where he can create space or some way gives him like several ways to go and he'll be able to break it. But we don't run enough of those plays. I remember it was like two weeks ago, Miles Sanders had like 18 carries for 97 yards. So if you would have gave it to him 25 times and then probably thrown it to him several more, um, we would have like played a lot better. Um, we need balance and really just establish the like running game and then start highlighting some players that we do have open. Like, Fulgham is making plays. Um, Ertz, try to scheme him open more. And that's really all we have. And just, like, give screens to Sanders, quick screens to other people, and just try to do other stuff. Like, that's – we really don't have that much coming from the passing game. So, we should try to become more of a ground-and-pound team or just a lineup, and we're going to try to run down here or something like that. On Like, I feel like we needed a trade for, like, some big – like bruising back or something like that, and just like try to go downhill with them. Well, like I wish we would have signed Le'Veon Bill. Like what I if really they, uh, <laughs> what if they trade for AJ Green? Because I have a feeling the Bengals are going to be trading him at the deadline. Do you think that would improve Yo, the I, offense to some aspect? I, absolutely, man. I honestly feel I've been wanting AJ Green out of Cincy probably for like the last two to three years. 
Um, I'm a huge Eagles fan, but also look at like fits around the league. I thought a good fit with him, with him would be Green Bay. But then also with us too, because it automatically gives us a bona fide number one receiver. And I feel like AJ isn't playing as the AJ we know, but he missed an entire year last year. So mm-hmm. if we bring him in, he would definitely become our immediate number one as he slowly starts working back to becoming like back in the regular form. Because this dude is still a pro bowler, probably a future Hall of Famer. And he's better than um, Deshaun Jackson and um, I forget the, our other receiver, Alshon Jeffrey, who's been out because he's only jump ball situations. But Green can scratch the field. He can do jump ball situation. He'll probably be the best receiver that Carson Wentz ever played with. Right on. Before we hop into these other games, I got to ask you this question, though. What's the Eagles' final record when all is said and done? And do you guys win this shitty-ass NFC East? (laughs) Absolutely, we do. We do win this shitty-ass NFC East. Um, So we lost to Washington, and Seattle had us going between 9-7 and and 7-9, but more injuries started to pile up, and we lost to Washington. So we're 1-3-1. So I said we can finish either between six, nine and one, or seven, eight and one, and win a division <laughs> because because uh, Dak's yeah, out because that and, and that deep, yeah, that Dak is out and that their defense is terrible, so they can't stop nobody. Andy Dalton won't be able to keep putting up points. Daniel Jones is a bust. I mean, I don't have faith in him. He fumbles. What I think he had fifteen fumbles last year. Yeah, um, Nate Allen, Nate Allen. Do I need to say more? Nate Allen. They benched <laughs> Haskins for Nate Allen. Like, come on now. Like the one. I feel as we get healthy within the next three to four weeks, we could definitely start uh, hitting our stride. Like that's the one thing I'm mad about today. It we only lost by two points, and I feel like the next three games. I think we play Washington, and we play the Giants twice. We can hit a three. That's good. That'd be three easy wins for us right there. Even in our division. Yeah. But we all meet up on those teams. <laughs> Watching that um, uh, Giants, watching that Giants Washington game today was like yeah. watching like two <laughs> dumb kids have a spelling contest. <laughs> exactly. Like, so oh, man, so when our, our division is bad, like it, 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 to me, it was never the Giants and Washington never was going to compete for this division. It was always going to be us and the Cowboys. Yeah. The Cowboys installed that terrible three four scheme it's when they are normally a four threes front. And that's why they're getting ran over all over the place and they can't stop nobody. Yeah. Us, we just had a ton of injuries. And on our defense, we put all the money in our D-line. We put no money in our linebackers. Uh, 47 Gary is getting on my damn nerves because he, <laughs> he kept he keeps getting exposed in coverage. And I was yeah. I was highly upset when I found out this dude is a former safety and can't cover nobody. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I saw a, I saw a stat that uh, quarterbacks have like a perfect QBR perfect when range. targeting him. <laughs> yeah, the, the only the only other the only other linebacker I know who had like a perfect rating like that. He played for the Raiders, but now he's on Carolina. Uh, he had like this weird mask. I forget. Um, I forget his name, but he was he was garbage too. He was boo boo trash too. So yeah, I'm just like mad. Like uh, I see. You know, also, if you look at our line. Linebackers, all their numbers are weird. It's like 47, 49. Like, are these practice squad players? Are these the dudes who, who like, in training camp, who was, like, the third string linebackers? And we decided to keep them? Like, I don't. It's like, J- like it's if like, your uh, number is 40, like, I. Our buddy Puddles always yeah. says that when yeah. there's defensive guys with the number 40, they're, they're like, practice yeah. squad fullbacks. <laughs> Signed off the exactly. street. Yeah. Like, like, I've. 
Like the only <laughs> other linebacker I know who's pretty good who wears a forty is um I think Clay it's Matthews. Uh, Devin White out of Tampa. Well, yeah, Clay Matthews, yeah, but uh, wears forty five, and I'm just like you were like a top six overall pick. Why are you wearing forty five? You can have any number, but that's him. But our linebackers are trash, 47, 49. I think I saw some other guy in the 50s. Like, also, one thing I hate is when I see a lineman wear the number 50 because that's, like, to me, that's specifically for linebackers. Like, when I see the number 52 on, a, like, an offensive guard, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, no, yeah. no, you should not be having 52 as a lineman. <laughs> All right, well, let's move into uh, another guy that had a pretty trash day, and that's Aaron Rodgers, man. This was a yeah, hey. this was a big surprise you know, a lot of people had the Packers as favorites. Um, they head into Tampa Bay. They were laying, they were two and a half point favorites when the line closed on the road in Tampa. Yeah. They were up 10 to nothing in the first quarter. And then yeah. Tampa storms back 38 points. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had one of his worst days I've seen in a long time. 16 of 35 for 160 yards and two interceptions. If you're the, if you're a Packers fan, if you're a Packers backer, is, are you worried? I mean, it's only one loss, but it was very ugly. What do you think about? What did you think about this uh, game? Um, I'm not worried, honestly. I, I was watching the game in the fold of the game. That pick six, pick six was bad, and it was and it was terrible that happened. But I think this is the problem when Devontae Adams always comes back, and Rodgers loves to feed him, yeah. and their chemistry was just like a little bit off here and there. So anytime like it was a run play, but if Aaron Rodgers see like Devontae Adams has space. Humidly check and just throw it to them immediately. But uh, they're still working on their chemistry because it's been out two or three games. And Rodgers had to spread the ball around and and start using his other weapons. But this game, he went back to one like one receiver, one guy. I'm only guy I'm going to use. I, he, they didn't use the tight end who was uh, 85. Tanya. Um, yeah, Fanyan or something. And then they didn't work nobody else really in. Like it was just. It was just Devontae Adams, and eventually, and it was we're gonna give it to Jones here and there. Like that's the one thing when the passing game isn't working. That's the one thing I feel like the uh, Packers should le- lean on. Lean on Aaron Jones. Stop all of a sudden going to Jamal Williams, who's like your passing back. Whatever. Well, I mean, it was, like it was tough. It was tough for them though because they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't establish the yeah. run. I think Aaron Jones averaged like under three yards per carry, yeah. and Tampa is number one against the run. They were they were top three last year against the run. They're top yeah. three again against the run this year like that defense can stop the run and I remember uh you know a lot of people were up in arms that the Packers drafted Jordan Love um instead of drafting like another quote unquote weapon for Aaron Rodgers but this game kind of exposed like what I think of Rodgers at this point where last year he had his success when the Packers were able to run the ball first because that's a that's a quarterback's best friend dude if you can run the ball the rest of the game is so much easier and I think Tampa, this is the first game where Green Bay was not able to run the ball efficiently at all. Mm-hmm. And Tampa yeah. Bay kind of just sat back. What did you think about that, Ben? Yeah, and I think a big thing was that that second interception from Rodgers. So, you know, after that, you could tell that he was dejected. And, you know, eight eight drives after that interception, totaling 45 yards. I mean, you're, you're never going to win, I mean, even against the Jets, if you only put up 45 yards in the second half. Um, you know, seven straight fun, punts and, you know, five three and outs. That's that's not Aaron Rodgers caliber and really Tampa Bay's D. They played great today, but I mean, they don't keep, you know, a good team normally in line with, you know, eight straight unsuccessful drives. I, I just were, find that nuts. They were really to get they were 
they stopped the run and they were able to get after Aaron Rodgers. 13 quarterback hits, five yep. sacks. I mean, that was incredible. And they were getting pressure from just their front four. Like, they weren't yep. even throwing yep. blitzes. They were just able to create that pressure with their front four. Packers offensive line has to be much better. But what this game yep. showed me today is that if the Packers can't run the ball, they're a below average football team. Like, they have to be yep. able to run the football. If yeah, and took, run the ball, uh, Rodgers. Go ahead. Go for it. I was like, can't, can't run the ball. Can't get a lead and let the uh, their outside linebackers peel their ears back and get start getting them sacks. Yep. Then it's it's over. Game yeah. over. I'm surprised. I mean, it took Rogers six weeks to fall down to earth. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's longer than I expected. No, this isn't this isn't earth for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a much better quarterback. I mean, this is this might be the worst game I ever seen him play as, in the NFL, at least since he was like a rookie. I mean, this or not rookie, but when he first started for Brett Favre, ugly game. He's had a few stinkers. I remember that Sunday night football game when they played Atlanta, when uh, he it was like he rolled right, like hit the ball. It was just he's he's had a few clunkers, but this definitely looked bad too with the two pick sixes. But yeah, it's sometimes he's he's known to have we've not really known to have a few bad bad games, but when it when it's bad, it's real bad. You know, it's way bad. Yeah. And uh, let's move into Sunday night football. We had the Niners. Uh, they I think this line closed two and a half today. Uh, the Niners were underdogs at home against the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams were coming in here uh, four and one, you know, fighting for first place in the NFC West. And they uh, laid a dud today against the San Francisco 49ers. Ben, you're the Niners fan. Let's start with you, bro. Uh, yes, sir. What do you what did you think of this game? Uh, I, I liked the first half. Um, you know, I thought that the Niners came out fairly strong, you know, uh, Rams D kind of seemed to wake up after that. Uh, you know, Jimmy G was all right. His normal self, you know, three touchdowns, 268 yards. He's not, you know, that, that top quality quarterback. I think we saw that again today, but you know, they got the job done, especially on that last drive, you know, you needed to get those two first downs and they got it. So you know, that's something I, I was Devo was incredible. Oh, yeah. I, I was worried that they were going to lose it there right at the end. At least give the Rams a shot to uh, to, you know, take that W. But whew, it was close. Yeah, man. What do you think, Corday? Um, This was definitely where the Niners took advantage of the Rams miscues. The Rams wasn't firing on yes. offense at all. Golf had, had a bad game. Um, Jimmy G, good game manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle uh, put together a great scripted uh, uh, scheme or offensive playbook. Um, Debo, Debo, Debo is the juice for that Niners offense. If you give that reverse to him and he gets it going, gets a few first downs, that like seems like it opens up the entire playbook for Kyle. Yeah. I don't know why he doesn't run more stuff with Debo on things like that, but whenever he does it, he usually gets the first down, or and then that's how they scored their first touchdown too because they went. And motioned to him and went right in and scored the touchdown. Debo was like the tone setter to open up everything from that offense. Yeah. Whenever they call a play to Debo, it usually works. So they, I feel like they need to incorporate him a lot more. I know he's coming off that foot injury that he hurt in the offseason, but I still, once he gets fully healthy, I would run a lot more through him. The problem yeah. with the problem I see with Debo though is that he's not like a true number one wide receiver because he doesn't really stretch the defense. But he's like he's like great uh, yards after the catch. Like you get him the ball in space, and like that's the kind of guy. Because 
you saw it on that last run, dude. He just trucked like two linebackers, bro. He didn't even like try to dodge them. Yeah. He just took them head on and pushed them forward. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, you don't you don't find that from receivers uh, often. He reminds me of Anquan Bolden. Uh, Anquan Bolden a lot. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but yeah. do you really need that that you know big time space when you have such a, you have a to stretch big the field run at some point, bro? But but like when you have that big run threat, they're always going to be focused yeah, on that, you, and it if you that automatically field, opens it up. Look at the Niners last year before Emmanuel Sanders That's and true. after yep, Emmanuel yep, Sanders. Yeah. It's very true. When you have yep. a guy that can stretch the field, it makes the defense keep a safety back there. That's and true. then the Niners are a great running team, so they were able to you know push the defensive line forward and you know get a hat on a hat and get get chunk yards, dude. And that's yep. how the Niners were successful. I feel like this year yeah. they don't have that dude that can take the top off. I think they think Brandon A could be that guy. We haven't seen it yet. Um, but this was a, this was an impressive game from Kyle Shanahan, man. He continues to outsmart McVay every time they play, dude. He always outcoaches McVay. Tonight was another example. The Niners are beat up, and they still shut the Rams yeah. down. But it's beyond my I, – I cannot comprehend this, dude. The Rams were averaging almost six yards per carry on the ground, and McVay just kept trying to throw it. Kind of like what you were talking yeah. about with the Eagles in uh, earlier, like – you're having success on the ground and then you just keep throwing it. Like, I think that was a huge mistake. It's always weird when uh, offensive coordinators do that. It seemed like they're always trying to get their quarterback established instead of going with what's working. Like if my running game is working, I'm going to keep doing that. Or maybe I'm going to throw some like, some like uh, wide receiver screens and just keep doing yak and stuff like that. But if that's not working, I was going to keep using this running game and extending it so much. But sometimes, uh, like play callers do that offensive minded like QB gurus always want to like, well, if it's not a good game if my quarterback didn't have a great game. No, go with the running game. Go with what's yeah. working. Because one thing when you try to forcefully try to establish the uh, passing game and it's not working, you start going three and out and eventually you tire out your defense and you give your opponent more opportunities to come back. Facts. Yep, absolutely. Hey, so before we get into these Monday night games, uh, I Gotta ask, like, what what surprises did you guys see this weekend? Well, either of you won. can take it. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Lions won, but then they are playing the Jags because uh, I heard going into this game, if Matt Patricia loses to the Jags, uh, they was he was gonna be fired. I was like, let's go Jags, let's go. <laughs> Jags. Like, because so Jordan, you say I hate uh, LeBron. I seriously hate Matt Patricia because how bad he was done by that organization. They said nine and seven wasn't good enough, and Matt Patricia has only won eleven games, and this is going to his third year. Yeah. So coming in this year, he only had he only had nine wins in two years, and this is his now his tenth win in three years. So Bro, I can't see that dude done. either. Like, I I don't understand why uh dudes that come from under Belichick, like I don't understand why they always try to be like Belichick. Like, dude, just be yeah. yourself. You know, yeah. like yeah. no one's gonna respect that shit. Um, I think the biggest standout to me this week was, uh, you know, Tampa's defense was definitely one of the best defenses in the league. They showed it today. Um, You know, the Packers made it to the NFC Championship last year. And in the NFC Championship, I know, Ben, you remember the Niners fan. The Niners literally ran all over them. I think Jimmy G only threw the ball eight times that game. And they didn't improve that. uh, And Tampa showed that Tampa's not even a good running team. And they ran all over green Bay today. Uh, I think the, the next thing is uh, the Browns 
just when you think they're turning the corner, dude, they get absolutely fucking obliterated by Pittsburgh. Baker Mayfield was awful. Yeah. Dude, He's it's something the Browns, I, I feel, can only beat the Steelers on Thursday night football. When it comes to a Sunday <laughs> night game, they always get blown out no matter what. Now, if it's if it's Browns on a like, trust me, guys, I mean you, you can look it up. If it's Browns on a Thursday night. It's going to be competitive. It's going to be low scoring. The Browns going to have a chance to win it. <laughs> if it's on a Sunday, oh, it's going to be a blowout. It's, it's, not like, it's not happening, man. I don't know what it is. It's something about the Steelers might not have like enough time to prepare or they're like phoning in to try, like wait or something, but the Browns giving it their all. But if, the, if they have a full week to prepare, it's over for those Browns. Game it is over. over for those Browns. Ben, what was your biggest surprise this week? Um, I mean, not really a surprise, but uh, man, the Jets fucking suck. Like, can't even put up. I like, can't even put up any points on the Dolphins. And yeah. you know, I definitely thought the Dolphins. I, I thought the only chance that the Jets had to win this year was splitting one with the Dolphins. Man, after today, I don't. I don't think they're gonna get that other. You know, that other game against them. Um, man. Oh, and 19 Jets looking good. Yeah. You yeah. think Watch they them not get the first pick too? You don't think they win the you don't think they'll win a game? They won't even nope. walk into a win or no. trip into a win. I it, it's gonna be tough, man. I mean, I thought this was going to be the closest, and they still lose by Miami's a good what, team. 24? Yeah. 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 Um, so and then fun. the other thing I oh, go for it. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Keep going. Uh the other thing I, I took from this weekend was that the Broncos D like, that's what we were expecting out of today's game, two interceptions and uh, two forced fumbles against cam alone, you know, two more forced fumbles yeah. on the game. Um, you know, it looks yeah. great for the future. I think they're, you know, double they're, they're done for this year, but uh, you know, that's, that's a plus six field goals for a W today. Like, whew. come Man, on. If you, had the, if you had the Broncos kicker in fantasy. Woo. Yep. So it's like 20 some points, didn't he? Yeah, it's something yeah. like that. <laughs> Insane. So I was like, God. Yeah. Um, so I feel like the Dolphins are building towards something. Uh, Flores is a definitely a much better coach than Matt Patricia. I think Hell even yeah. I, I think I've even heard uh Patriots players even said that like his defense is yep. way better than what than what Patricia was doing. Um the Broncos D is coming alive. Vic Vangio is definitely a better defensive court is a great defensive coordinator and a great mind. That offense has to pick it up for Bronco for Denver though, because they yep. score number of field goals. And then also you can tell how great of a defensive coordinator Fangio is because the Bears haven't looked as great as they once did. Since I don't know, left. man. The Bears are the Bears are five and one right now, and it's basically the all Bears their defense. defense. Well, I mean, the Bears defense wasn't like it's definitely not as good. You know, like, it's definitely not as good yeah. as when Big Fangio was there, but I mean they're still like they're yeah. still they're not dominant. Them. That, that I was thinking that they're not dominant. That's all I'm thinking. They're not all right, well, let's, hop, let, let's hop into uh let's preview these Monday night football games. Um the very first game uh we got we have uh, the Kansas City Chiefs um against the Buffalo Bills. Kansas City Chiefs are five and a half point favorites right now on the road against Buffalo. Um who do you like in this game? You know, what do you how do you think this one's gonna play out? Um I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs mainly because um, they have the better quarterback. They have the better offense. But also I noticed when the Bills lost last week to um, to uh, the Titans, the Bills don't have a running game. Like if jo- if um, if Josh Allen isn't like running all over the field, they really don't have a running game. Like Singletary 
isn't really that effective in the backup or I forget uh Zach Moss. Was like Zach Moss is like was hurt. So I remember initially when Le'Veon got released, I was like, I can see Le'Veon going to the Bills because yeah. I remember Josh Allen just kept sitting back there, sitting, 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 waiting. And I think they had a few guys out too. I think it was Josh Brown, like another guy as well. I noticed that they really didn't have a running game, but now he's with Le'Veon Bells with the Chiefs. And that's definitely going to have more of a balanced game. I don't think he's going to play tomorrow. I don't think he plays tomorrow. But um, I definitely think the Chiefs, if they try to stay balanced, because sometimes they don't, they do any read, likes to get a lot of deep throws and stuff. Instead of like matriculating your way down the field, it's all these big shots, you know? So, but I mean, that's how the Chiefs, that's why they're so good, though. Yeah. It's because they can do that. Yeah. A 50-yard pass from Mahomes is like a five-yard pass for most quarterbacks. Yo, yo, <laughs> and he throws it on the money. On the money. Just like drop, like every I'm time. Just, yep. I'm just going to drop back and just... <laughs> off his back foot, too, bro. Off his back foot. I was like, and yo, that dude is, dude is amazing. All quarterbacks should play baseball growing up. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, ben, how do you? who do you like in this game? I, I think Kansas City takes it. Both of those teams, you know, they, they played like shit last week. It was, I mean, you know, especially Bills, that was a dumpster fire. Um, you know, I just think, uh, to be honest, Kansas City is better at every single position. Um, you know, I, I even the rookie, you know, Clyde Edwards uh, Hilaire is, you know, light years better, I think, or at least for his game than Singletary, like you said. And, you know, I – I, I really expect Mahomes to, you know, put a big fuck you up and, you know, say this last week was a joke, you know, here, yeah, here's, yeah. here's what we got. So. All right. So we're basically all on the chiefs. Cause I like the chiefs here. I, I definitely don't see Mahomes losing two games in a row. Yep, the yep. bills defense was absolutely dog shit versus the Titans. Yep. Um, and that's kind of the worrisome part because I mean, the chiefs are like, light years better than the Titans offensively. So, you know, you let uh, Tennessee put up over 40 points. I mean, this one could be ugly tomorrow. Plus the, uh, plus the Bills are coming off a very short week. You know, yeah. they played on Tuesday, playing Tuesday. on Monday now. I know. So weird. I like the Chiefs here. Um, we got a late night Monday uh, game as well, which was the original Monday night football game. We got – the Arizona Cardinals heading into Dallas, the Dallas Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Cardinals are laying minus one point. Who do you guys like in this one, Corday? As an Eagles fan, I know you got your eye on this game. Yeah. I know you're. I know you're cheering for the Cardinals, man. Tell me. No, how absolutely. I, I love Kyler Murray. I love New Hopkins. Um, I love Chandler Jones, even though he's out for the. I'm sad he's out for the with the torn biceps. That man been balling. Uh, that was a, uh, a terrible trade by Bill Belichick, but he didn't want to pay Chandler Jones, yeah. and it's coming back to bite him, and Jones has been balling. But uh, I love Kyler Murray running around everywhere, throwing it. Him and Nuke have a, a great rapport. Um, uh, yeah, Edmonds might be getting it done more than uh, than Drake has of late, but I'm, I'm giving it to Arizona, especially because the Cowboys can't stop nobody. Yep. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the Cardinals are going to put up points. Kyler Murray, I think probably his first Monday night football game too. So mm-hmm. it's going to be great to see him showcase on it. And I'm I'm going I'm going Cardinals all day. So nice, yeah, ben, where are you at? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, you know, I'm I'm going Arizona too. Uh it's I mean the line's close on this one too, but 
I mean, we all know Andy's Andy Dalton's no Dak, and you know that you know the Arizona D is kind of Swiss cheese right now, but yeah. you know Dallas D is is just as garbage. So I don't yeah. think you could really put much on one of the teams to be better, you know, in that that sense. Um, I think Zeke's going to have a huge game, uh, but you know, overall, I I really look at the you know the wide receivers here, and I think DeAndre and Isabella are going to take it over Cooper and Lamb. Um, you know, and you know, there's a lot of shit talking about Kyler right now. And to be honest, if you look at his numbers, he's having a better year than he did last year. You know, the only thing that you're going to see here is, you know, if we, we kind of looked at the first third of the season to the last or or using those numbers to, to fill out the rest of the season, we are going to have more interceptions, but you know, he started with a lot of interceptions at the beginning of last year and dialed it down. So you know, I think there's a lot of Kyler hate going on out there. And, you know, he, yeah, he's not, you know, perfect, but it's only his sophomore year we got to remember, too. But yeah, I, I, I got think, Arizona. Uh, I think what it is with oh, my bad. No, no, go ahead. Go I, was, ahead. I, I was about to say, I think what it is with Kyler Murray, I think people expected him, I think they expected him to leap like how Lamar Jackson leaped from his first to his second year. So yeah. I think because people set their expectations so high and he's not meeting it, I think that's why it's a lot of criticism, honestly. That's yeah. why I think, like, people hating on Kyle America is like, dude, I, I, like, I put you, like, in the MVP caliber, like, or yep. might be in the running for MVP. And because he's not fulfilling that, I think that's why people are so critical. Basically because he's like, I put my money towards you, but you're not, you still, you're coming along normally as a second-year guy does. Yeah. And now with DeAndre Hopkins having that top level elite fucking wide receiver, yes. I mean, we might see those numbers as he gets more comfortable going throughout the season. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you went there, Ben, because that's where I was going to lead off. The reason why there's so much Kyler criticism is because you get a guy like DeAndre Hopkins to play with him, who is arguably a top three wide receiver. Like, I don't think anybody would put him outside of the top three right now. Yeah. And when you have that kind of weapon, dude, and you have the kind of skill level and you're a number one pick, those expectations are going to live there, dude. And that's where it separates the, the, you know, the legends from the normal dudes, because when you have those high expectations and you play with those expectations, that's when you become great. And people are expecting greatness from Kyler and he, he needs to deliver. He doesn't have a great offensive line. We knew this coming in, but he has the ability to move, dude. He has the ability to scramble. He has the ability to make plays on his feet. It's just sometimes I feel like he gets a little nervous in the pocket and he doesn't know what to do sometimes. And he's very indecisive when he's, Mm -hmm. when the pocket is crumbling around him Mm -hmm. and that's where he needs to improve. But I like the Cardinals here minus one. Um, Like you guys all alluded to, I, I think Dallas has a very, very bad defense, Um, (laughs) even worse than the Cardinals without Chandler Jones. The Cardinals are actually 13th against the run too, which is beneficial in their favor because Dallas is going to rely heavily on Ezekiel Elliott, obviously, with Dak being out. So Mm -hmm. I think this may benefit the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals definitely win this game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Corday, my dude, thank you for joining us tonight, man. It was fucking awesome having you. Yes, sir. No problem. Everybody check him out on Instagram at Corday Made Yo Day and on Twitter at Corday Made YR Day. My dude, before you get out yeah. of here, though, I got to ask you, how are you feeling about LeBron's fourth 
I was rooting for the Heat to make a comeback. Um, of course, you were. Uh, it's 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 cool. It's whatever you know. Um, he still <laughs> have six losses in the finals, but congrats. Uh, him and his team stuck it out. Um, they were able to capitalize, and um, LeBron always needs another All Star in order for him to win a ring. Oh, so, yeah. I knew it. I, I was like, he's giving, I was like, he's being he, too nice. Where's the? He needs a great player on his team to, you hey, know, so he can get over the top. So did Michael Jordan. So did Steph Curry. So did KD. You need great players around you. Kobe needed great players. Uh, great teams win championships. True, friend. but true, but Javon always needs like some of the greatest ever oh, to be on his God. team to win. Hey, you know. Corday swears that he doesn't hate LeBron, and I, I need y'all to go to Twitter, follow him on Twitter at Corday Made Yr Day at Corday Major Day. And then report back to me and tell me how much of a LeBron hater this dude is. It, it is incredible. <laughs> hey, it is hey, incredible. But hey, I love him for hey. it. And it's always good entertainment. <laughs> Corday, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks, man. No problem, man. No problem. Anytime. Yeah. All right, so shortened COVID season down to the end. Yep got the los angeles dodgers who i picked to win it all let's not forget is in the world series against the first team i picked to win the al which is the tampa bay rays i later changed my pick and then changed <laughs> back actually when we were doing our baseball preview so i'm gonna say the two teams i picked to make it to the world series are here dodgers versus the tampa bay rays the tampa bay rays did us all a favor did all of America a favor and took out the cheating ass Astros in seven games. Awesome. Yep. They almost blew a 3-0 lead, which was kind of scary <sighs> and would have been detrimental, especially if we had to listen to Astros fans. Yep. So thank you. And then <laughs> yep. we had the Dodgers. Uh, they came back from 3-1 against the Braves. Um, you know, dynamite, dynamite pitching performance from Walker Buehler in game six to get them to a game seven. Yep. And Game 7 had a little bit of a roller coaster, but they pulled it off. Um, and here we are, World Series. Ben, what's your prediction? Oh, man, those, both of those uh, series, the AL and the NLCS, were absolutely great. Um, you know, before we go over these two series, I think I'd say, you know, the Dodgers are going to take it. I think it's unfortunately finally going to be their year. And, man, it... it breaks my heart to say that um i really thought the braves were gonna take this series i was telling you all along braves and seven braves and seven braves and seven uh and the fucking dodgers almost had it. yeah yeah exactly it's like that commercial with Hen henry winkler yeah <laughs> <Almost>. <laughs> yeah but uh i mean it's gonna be a, a hell of a series um i i'm so glad like you said that tampa bay took out houston um it was a lot closer than I I thought that that series was going to be. Um, and Should have been a sweep. It, it, absolutely. Um, you know, the, what, games four through six were, you know, they were low-scoring games for Tampa Bay, and we usually don't see that out of them, uh, or at least didn't see that in the Yankees in the, the Toronto series. Um, but I, I really think the Dodgers are going to take it, and I think the biggest – the biggest reason that they're going to take it is the insertion of Mookie Betts. 
Um, you know, he hasn't had the best hitting series, or at least he didn't against uh, the Braves, but he made a difference. Those two home runs that he saved in this series alone, that, that pays for his contract right there. Um, they're back in the World Series. I, I think they're taking it. You know, who do you think are, who, who do you think's taking it, Tampa Bay or, or L.A.? Um, I like the Dodgers. Yeah. But the thing is, is I think Kershaw's going to pitch game one. And the Rays hit lefties very well. Truth. Which is why the Astros kind of have, they found some success is because they don't really start. They only have one lefty starter. And the right-handers kind of stymied them uh, enough to win the games. And... You know, if you throw Kershaw, you lose game one. You know, that gives the other team momentum. But the way Walker Buehler is pitching, like you throw Walker Buehler game two, you're going to win. It's just the only thing is, is you know, outside of Walker Buehler and uh, Dustin May, who wasn't even that good tonight, you know, you got to throw lefties, Urias. Yep. But Urias was, Urias looked very good tonight uh, to close out the game. And you got to throw Kershaw, and Kershaw obviously has had his playoff struggles, which are well documented, and Urias is lefty. So I think if the Rays get two games against lefties, that's two games they can win because yep. they, they hit lefties very well. On the flip side, the Dodgers, I mean, they really started to hit. I think uh, early on in the series, they were more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like very tight and pressing a lot yep. when they were at the plate. And then we saw them, that game where they put out 13 runs in the first inning or 11 runs in the first inning, they were very patient. They got they got the bases loaded on walks, you know, little singles, and then hit home runs. And that's what they do well. And if they stay on that course, they can win this game. Uh, I like the Dodgers here. I, lean six games, maybe take it to a seven. Uh, I, I think this is the two best teams in baseball, though, so yeah. this is a series we want to see, man. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm saying six, leaning five, so, you know, we'll, we'll see the difference there. Damn. All right, well, let's move on to uh, NBA. We saw the Lakers win last week. Uh, we talked about it on last week's show. Now we're heading into free agency. We got the, the only thing we know right now about next season uh, heading forward is that the draft is on November 18th. Um, that's the only thing we know. We don't know when free agency starts. We don't even know when next season starts. Um, so really, the only thing we have to talk, we have to talk about legitimately with the NBA, is a little bit of draft talk. A little bit of there's a lot of rumors going around. Um, you know, has there been anything that you've heard regarding rumors about free agents, trades that kind of intrigue you? Yeah. So uh, I got I, I got a couple rumors that uh, I want to want to go over with you. I know you're gonna. You're going to be really interested in one of these. But, uh, you know, the first is, is really, well, the first two are really to look at the Lakers and what they need to do to repeat next year. Uh, there's a lot of talk about both Derrick Rose and Chris Paul going to the Lakers. Um, you know, if we see Derrick Rose going to the Lakers, it's probably going to be something around, you know, Kuzma Bradley. You know, if we if we see Chris Paul, the Lakers, they're going to have to unload, I think, 33 million, which would, I, I, from what I was reading, be Kuzma, Green, Cook, Bradley, and McGee. Uh, do you think either of these two are, are going to be happening? 
I think it. I think what happens with the Lakers all depends on Anthony Davis because he opted out, yep. right? He says he's gonna opt into the Lakers, but they're the rumor, which is like pretty true because it's like makes makes the most logical sense, is that he's gonna sign for a one one plus one deal, which is kind of what KD did with the Warriors, where mm-hmm. signs for one d one year has the option to opt into a second yep. year and so forth. I think that's where he's going to go because obviously LeBron's 35. LeBron only has, I think, uh, he has two more years left on his deal, mm-hmm. right? And at the end of his deal, he's going to be 37, you know? So what? who knows what that what that's going to look yep. like. If you trade for, a, I think if you, if you do the one plus one with Anthony Davis, I think Chris Paul to the Lakers is a very feasible idea because Chris Paul has two years left on his deal. Yep. He's 35 years old as well. Um, so that gives you that short window where it's like, hey, we're competing for these next two years. Hmm. Right. I think that makes logical sense. Plus, you know, with Chris Paul having that option at the end for like 43 million and he's going to be 37, you know, not many teams are going to offer the, the Oklahoma City Thunder too much. So if you offer the Thunder like a Kyle Kuzma, for example, for that Chris Paul contract, I think. That could work out for both teams. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think they're definitely going to have to do something because you're definitely going to have a Warriors team that's better. You're going to have a Clippers team who, I mean, they're they're going to make their themselves better. At least they have to to make sure that they compete for a championship position. And you know, you got the Nuggets who aren't going anywhere. So I think the Lakers definitely have to to do something. Um, you always have to try to get better. There's a famous quote from Joe Torre. Yep. He said, "If you're not, if you don't get better, you get worse." Yep. And so you always have to be trying to improve. The one thing with the Nuggets, dude, is the Nuggets are in a very tricky salary cap situation. Mm-hmm. They have Jeremy Grant, who's a free agent. They do hold his bird rights, so they can sign. They can uh, sign him to a bigger deal than anybody else. But they just signed Jamal Murray to a max extension. They have Nikola Jokic making max money. They have Gary Harris making like twenty three million. So they really don't have any money to sign anybody. Yeah. Um. So they have to get very tricky with uh, their cap situation. Yeah. So that's a, that's something to keep an eye on with the with the Nuggets. Yeah. All right, I got another one for you. I Warriors fans are gonna like this one. I think. All right. Oh God. We got Giannis. To the Warriors for the second overall pick, the Timberwolves' 2020 first-round pick, and Andrew Wiggins. Um, it's it's a huge gamble. So if if the Warriors were to get Giannis for this year, we got to remember he's going to be a free agent, and it would be a huge gamble if he doesn't resign in you know in uh, at Golden State. Do you think there's any legs gamble. on this if he doesn't resign? No. no, there's no legs to this, dude. Warrior fans, like, this is... Warrior fans are the old Laker fans. Like, they think that the other 29 teams in the NBA, like, service them. And they're like, hey, we're going to give you Giannis for the first-round pick in next year's draft, which may not even be in the lottery. And Andrew Wiggins, who is overcompensated, and he still has, like, three years left on his deal. It's not even in the realm of possibility for this to happen. It would have to be a lot more. It would have to be... And the Timberwolves' first-round pick. Yeah, but this year's draft sucks. Yeah. Well-documented. It's not a good draft. Next year's draft may be good, but that Timberwolves' first round could be not even in the lottery, dude. You don't even know what pick you're going to have. So yep. 
if you're the Bucks, dude, you're a small market team. Giannis literally, you know, he since Giannis has been drafted and since he's really been an all-star, he's elevated the worth of that franchise by over $500 million. So when you think of it as a business, dude, yep. even if Giannis walks from free agency, you have to keep him, dude. You cannot trade him unless unless you get back something that is unbelievable like an unbelievable package that you could sell to your fan base dude because if he if you trade him and you get back wiggins and two draft picks dude like you're gonna be a dumpster team for like the next like 10 years and you're just gonna lose money yeah the only the only way i i don't see that happening is if Giannis uh requests a trade um, and then you have to get which something. he's already said he will not yeah, do. you have to get something or he he states that he's not going to resign next year or that that following I mean, year then you definitely need to try that, to though. you try to get something out of him but yeah I, but he won't say that I, yeah this is a this is definitely a, a pipe dream here but uh man that would be a hell of a late, uh warrior starting three um i think the more i think the more realistic thing that's going to happen is I think that the Milwaukee Bucks are going to try to navigate their roster. I think you're going to see them try to bring people in to upgrade their roster to, to tell Giannis, like, hey, you know, this is how much we care about you. We want you to be in Milwaukee. We're going to surround you with a winning uh, franchise. And I see that as a realistic possibility. I see maybe a trade for Chris Paul. Mm. Um, you know, there's other, there's other people out there. Uh, Bogdanovich, I've heard some rumors about. Um, McCollum might be on the trade block. There's, there's a lot of possibilities. I see the Bucks really trying to elevate their roster. Yep. To keep you honest. All right, and I got one more, one more for you before, uh, you know, All I pass right. this along. It looks like uh, either one or both of Harden or and or Westbrook is out. Uh, where do you think they go? I think trading Westbrook is like nearly impossible, dude. Because, I mean, they didn't even play him down important stretches of playoff games. Yeah. So if you're if you're another organization and the Rockets come to you and they're like, hey, we'll give you Westbrook, you know? Yeah. Like, okay, you're going to give me a guy you didn't even want to play down the stretch in, in important playoff games? Like, and he's making $40 million? No thanks, dude. Like, you're going to get nothing in return. And to trade Westbrook, you probably have to give something away, you know, just to entice a team to take that kind of contract. I think with the uh, the salary cap being the way it is this year, yep. they're talking about thirty percent decrease. And on top of that, owners you have to remember your owners lost a lot of money without having those playoff gate uh, money coming in. So uh, we might see a lot of teams try to cut a lot of payroll. So I don't see Westbrook getting moved unless they attach like something like they got to give away picks yep. and they really don't have that many picks. Yep. And why would you trade Harden? Trading Harden is like, dude. Like, that would be insane if they traded Harden. Yeah. Okay. You think they're going to trade Harden or Westbrook? I mean, I could see them trading Westbrook. I just don't know who's going to take him. I don't know who would want him yeah. at this point. I've heard – I mean, I, I, I saw a couple of uh, possibilities for for Harden. Um, you know, the the 76ers, you know, the Bulls, and, and the Knicks. Knicks were actually looking at Westbrook too. So they're, they're kind of looking at landing either of those. Um, you know, all all three of those have the the room to do it. Um, you know, they have, you know, at least well, seventy sixers would be tough. They'd have to they'd have to drop salary there. Um, but uh, Bulls and Knicks could trade back those picks, so that it's a possibility there. 
I think a, a very realistic trade, and, listen, and hear me out on this, yep. is Joel Embiid for Clay Thompson. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't see it happening. Um, Clay is Clay is a god in here in uh, in the I Bay. Know, so, but that's but like that's dude. Yeah, I think that, he's on our untouchables list. Even even for somebody I like know, Embiid. But- and B playing with Curry, like that's like perfect. All right, we are moving into the fun aspect of our podcast. I mean, it's it's really all fun. Let's be real here, but. For me and other, the TMZ aspect, where we are looking at some of the the big highlights of the week in the sports world. Well, highlights or lowlights. Uh, we're gonna start off this week with the uh, man, San Diego Padre, Tommy Fan. Last Sunday, we saw him get stabbed in the back at the Pacers Showgirl International Dance Hall um, when trying to tell two people to move away from his car while they were fighting. Uh, Video surfaced after the stabbing showing a 12-inch slice uh, in his back and at least a dozen people fighting. Uh, Jordan, what's going on here? Yeah, man, that's a that's a pretty crazy story. Like, it brought me back to when Paul Pierce got stabbed when he was like in his prime with the Celtics. And I don't yeah. know much about the story. I think there's a lot that we probably don't know, even though what's kind of been said here and there. Um, it's still pretty crazy, man. That you know he got stabbed over. Like, I mean, you got to do something. Like, I can't just imagine somebody just like stabbing someone because they told him to move away from their car. I think we'll find out a lot more later. Uh, you know, I just hope he has a full recovery because, you know, the Padres need him at the end next year. Yeah, and I, I'm with you. There's definitely something more to this story that we don't know. Um, yeah, you don't get stabbed by, you know, asking two people fighting to move away from your car. Um, also, why don't you try to stop the fight instead of, you know, telling them to move away from your car if you're going to be doing something? Uh, but I, I really think the better question here, and this is the question that I learned from Lou Williams, is uh, what's so special about Pacers Showgirls International that you're there on a Sunday night? Um, I mean, I, I checked it out, a free lunch with a purchase of a drink on weekend days, but, you know, we're, we're there at nighttime. But I, I, I did find it out. They have four different types of french fries, and you can get garlic aioli on your club sandwich. Oh, so, nice. <laughs> I mean, you can't yeah. go wrong with garlic um, aioli. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I do see them, uh, you know, putting in a name for uh, Mr. Fam here for one of their uh, one of their menu items, just like Lou had. But uh, I'm gonna go with the slice of pizza. Oh, <laughs> All right, let's get into another crazy story that happened this week. Uh, Nick Saban tested positive for COVID-19 on Wednesday. He sub- uh, That was with an independent lab. And then on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, he had negative tests come back from SEC labs. Like, at the same time, you know, Dan Mullen is saying, I want 90,000 people in the swamp. The very same week, the Florida Gators have over 20 COVID-positive test results. Bro, what is going on with college football? How insane is this? Yeah, um, 
you know, to start off on the Nick Saban, I, I'm surprised that the NCAA let him, you know, on the field. Um, you know, it doesn't matter who made that test. He still tested positive. And, you know, we've been saying all along that the virus can last up to two weeks, even if you're not showing symptoms or, or tests. So it's putting the players at risk. You know, and some of these players have huge futures. So, you know, it's it's... You know, I to be honest, I feel like I'm a like a fucking record or a CD on on that's skipping. Like, you know, what happens long term with this virus, especially with people who extend their lungs like professional sports, you know, uh, players do. Um, I'm glad to see that the uh, sports were rescheduled, but uh, I'm really worried about this going into winter. Um, you know, I I don't think a break does any good in the NFL if, or sorry in the uh, NCAA if. They were actually going to do it. Players wouldn't actually quarantine. Uh, and we got to think the Pac-12 hasn't even started yet, and they're slated for for seven games. Uh, what do you What do you see going on? Um, well, first of all, the NCAA is not going to step in because at the end of the day, the conference is reign supreme, so the conference has to step in. The SEC, yeah. and speaking of the SEC, like nothing surprises me about the SEC. Like all of this doesn't surprise me. I knew this was going to happen. I knew if a guy like Nick Saban tested positive, there was going to be some kind of loopholes around it. I mean, we're talking Facts. millions of dollars, dude. If SEC didn't televise games on ABC, Walt Disney Corporation was going to lose hundreds of millions of dollars. Yep. And at the end of the day, this is a business. And while we don't know a lot about COVID, uh, it could be said on a lot of different sides, you can speak from two different sides about what isn't and is known. So, I just think that I'm not surprised. This shit is fucking crazy. But all these sports are proving successful playing without with COVID. Um, you know, Major League Baseball had an outbreak. They kind of figured it out. I think NCAA, I think the conferences are going to figure it out. I think the Pac-12 has the best plan. I mean, they have three of the top uh, medical schools in the country in their conference. Yep. They have the coronavirus test that tests you immediately. I think they have the best plan. I think the other conferences are going to soon follow suit of the Pac-12 when they see how successful the Pac-12's plan is. I think we might get a break from SEC maybe for two weeks, but it's just going to be able to catch up. The Pac-12 will just be able to catch up. Big Ten will be able to catch up, etc. So I'm not surprised. Here we are. It's going down. This week, we had some big news and some big fights in the MMA world. UFC announced Conor McGregor versus Daniel Poirier on January 23rd. On Saturday, we saw Loma versus Lopez, and in UFC, we saw the Korean Zombie, Cheng Sung Jun, lose to uh, Brian Ortega. Some crazy upsets, man. Some of the biggest upsets I've seen in a long time. Dude, tell me what happened this weekend, bro. All right, I, I, I see how it is. You, you're taking my point. I know, dude. Another. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, okay. Uh, okay. I'm uh, yeah, I'm I'm rooting for anybody that's going up against Conor McGregor. Uh, he's just too much of a douchebag. Um, <laughs> I got Paulo Costa. I got Colby Covington on that list too. So, you know, anybody going up to them, kick their asses. I'm I'm on your side. Uh, but getting to these fights this week, um, man, both Loma and the Korean Zombie losses were brutal. Both had the same, like, waited out game plan, which definitely didn't work, and both of them took that L. 
Um, Chang Sung Jung, who's you know known for his speed, his punching, his submission capabilities. I mean, he only put up half the punches, or at least landed half the punches of Ortega, and yeah, I mean, he didn't even take uh, attempt or go after a takedown. That's it. Just surprises me there. Um, in the boxing world, that Loma fight was that was a tough loss. Um, it was definitely closer than the scoring called it. Uh, I think he waited too long to kind of step it up. And, you know, if, if he started earlier, Lopez was struggling at the end. He would have definitely taken it. Um, Julie Letterman, man, I wish <laughs> you listened to our podcast. Because what the fuck? 119-109 score? You're telling me that Lopez won 11 of those 12 rounds. You have almost 700 fights under your belt. You gotta do better than that. It's either glasses or it's time to retire. What do you think about these? Yeah, man, that scoring was crazy. I mean, Loma did wait way too long. I think I think he thought that he was gonna be able to tire him out. Lopez definitely was more conditioned than I imagined that he would be. Like, if you told me he was gonna win a decision fight versus Loma, I would have said you're fucking crazy. But the fact it was yep. even that close shows you that Loma just waited too long. Um, and it was close. Like, it should have been a close fight. I, it could have gone either way, I thought. But it definitely wasn't 119 to 109. Like, I don't know what the fuck that judge was watching. Loma definitely dominated rounds 7 to 11. Definitely won round 2, in my opinion. And I think he slightly edged Lopez in round 12. But that's where I think round 12 was the deciding factor. So it should have been a much closer yep. fight on the scorecard. With Korean Zombie, yeah. Ortega's never looked this good in any of his fights. Like, that was an amazing Fast. fight. He has definitely become a better fighter. Um, so... I think that Ortega is gonna beat Volkanovski. I think he's going to. I think it's gonna be and new for him. Um, as far as McGregor and Poirier is concerned, like I really don't give a fuck about that fight. Like those are two fighters that are like on the back ends of their career at this point. Like it is what it is. Uh, I'll, I mean, I'll definitely watch it, but I'm not gonna be like super stoked like I was about the fights this weekend, man. This was a great, great fight weekend, dude. It was awesome. Oh, it just didn't go my absolutely. way. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Did not go my well, way. And, yeah, and let's talk about not going your <laughs> way. Let's also talk about not going my way. We're moving into best bets, and man, we did not hit this week. Um, we both went 0-2. Jordan took the L's on the Saints, uh, minus 7, and uh, on Monday Night Football, as well as uh, the Dodgers and Braves game 1 over 8 runs. I took two L's with the Packers. Man, I even had them at, at a, a point and a half as the favors here. I took that L. I took the L with the Rams at minus three uh, going up against those Niners today. So we, we got to bring it. So I want to hear some energy out of you. Give me your two picks for this week. You're at 10-6-1. I want to see you at 12-6-1. Hey, Let's we're staying this. positive, man. You go on heaters, and sometimes you cool off. The dude, like, the world balances itself out, man. That's how this works. But the law of attraction, you stay positive, and you keep on chugging. The Dodgers lost last week very much hurt me because I was the only game the over didn't hit. <laughs> the only game out of seven the over didn't hit happened to be the one game that I fucking bet on. But so be it. Here we are this week. Is what it is. Is what it is. We're going Chiefs minus five and a half against the Buffalo Bills. I love it. 
This is a Chiefs offense that is much more dynamic than the Tennessee offense last week. The Bills defense gave up 40 plus points to the Titans. They are porous in the pass game. They look absolutely atrocious as Ryan Tannehill sliced them and diced them. I love Patrick Mahomes. He's my favorite quarterback. Too much talent on this Chiefs offense. You're, Mahomes is not losing two in a row. Andy Reid's going to dial this one up. I love the Chiefs. Minus five and a half. Let's lock it up. Oh. My next best bet, I love the Eagles. We talked to Corday earlier. The Eagles, yep. they've been, they played well against a good Baltimore Ravens team. Dude. They scored 28 points. They almost came back from yep. down 17. They made it a fucking ball game. If they stay more well balanced, the Eagles should definitely beat the Giants. The Giants suck, dude. They allowed 20 yep. points against the uh, Washington football team. I like the Eagles here. Minus six. Thursday night football. Division rivalry. Let's go. Boom. All right. I like those picks. I like those picks. Now, all right. I got to bring some energy. Got to stretch it out. Here we go. Alright, for my first pick, I am taking Big Ben. Love the name. Love what he's doing this year. Uh, he's going all out. I love that uh, that inter those interactions with Claypool. Yeah, he's he is a standout rookie. I'm looking at him as being a huge possibility for the rookie of the year position. Um, he had three touchdowns last week. Only had one today, but was putting up over uh, I believe 140 yards. Um, I look for that to to be strong next week. We got a Tennessee Titans team who, you know, took it to OT this week, and you know if. If the Steelers can stop Derrick Henry, I think that's the way to stop the Titans. Uh, right now, it's only at a point, so I'm going to take Pittsburgh, minus one. And for my second pick of the week, man, Green Bay, you disappointed me last week, but I, I got to stick with you here. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be coming out really strong last week after a really disappointing, you know, uh, really second half I'd say um, even you know the second half of the second quarter here um, I look for Green Bay to come back and, and start putting up those 40s again uh, on the point total and you know the Houston Texans have been struggling they're definitely getting better I think this is a, a, a bad position for them to be coming up against the Packers who just took a big L um, it's going to be unfortunate for them right now our, our opening lines are at three points so I am taking Green Bay minus three very nice very nice picks I like Green Bay actually I love it I actually just placed the bet as you were talking about it because like, it. that line is definitely going to move that line is, will definitely be minus 6 to minus 7 by kickoff next Sunday absolutely hey so before we end our beer, our podcast I I want to know about your beers. Uh, you're going all throughout the United States here. You've got the beer out of uh, New York. Yes. You've got the beer out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Yep. Tell yeah. me about these, and I hope that lightning drops out of uh, out of Charlotte. It lived up to its can. Yeah, man, the lightning drops is very good. I've actually only taken like three sips of it uh, because I told y'all I didn't really want to drink tonight, but I'm 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 powering through, dude. I literally like babysat my first one if you know what that means uh but this is a very good beer this lightning drops is phenomenal i've had it before uh earlier this week i love it it's actually a very tasty 
IPA. I give it a 4.7 out of 5. Oh. The Humming Dragon, okay. I also like a lot. It is very light for a 7% beer. So you can really drink a lot of them and be careful because you could end up like me last night. <laughs> you drink too many IPAs and you have a terrible hangover the next day. Uh, but this beer is very good. Like it's definitely a beer that I would drink again. It's a beer I would buy again. I give that a 4.65 out of 5. I like it. I like the lightning drops a little bit better just because it has like more of the citrus flavor um it really like you can just like taste that citrus feel the humming dragon is a little more uh hoppy but mm -hmm. but it's more i don't know the word not bland but it doesn't have like those spices you know what i'm saying like yeah slightly just not as yeah, tasty absolutely. as lightning i got gotcha. you lightning draws is really gotcha. good dude if you ever see the can too uh check out our instagram the can is fucking dope and the the taste lives up to it. Awesome. How was your beer, man? All right. So I started off with the Hoppus Experience Talus Hazy Pale Ale, and that was a 5.9%. Um, that was, that's, you know, one of my favorite go-to breweries. Um, this one was definitely on the Hoppus scale for me. Um, it was, the those tallest hops are are great it really is a lot more pungent than you see out of you know those amarillos those citras those uh cascade hops so i i really like the talus hops i'm going to be looking for these when i'm i'm looking for for beers um pale ales are are some of my favorites uh, the haziness to it it didn't really necessarily do it anything for me but you know, it was a it's it was a great beer. I think the haze is just kind of part of that uh, IPA craze right now. Um, to to give it a ranking out of five, I'd probably put it at a four. Okay. It's a a beer that was great. It's a beer that was um, something I'd go back and get and drink. Uh, but for my pails, I I do like that crisp, that um, that you know that that little bit more of a you know, uh, a light hop taste to it. Um, I'd love to see these Talus hops in an IPA. I think that would be outstanding. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, give that Bro, we gotta, you know, close to that four, four point. I got to hear about this narrative fermentation beer because yes. earlier you talked about narrative fermentation, the company, the brewery, which yep. I've heard a lot about it took over Santa Clara. Um, but you didn't even mention the beer. <laughs> the beer. So, <laughs> yep. and that's probably because the beer was so good. The hoppers you were drinking was so good. And this beer yep. is so good. You just forgot about it. It just skipped your mind. So Ben, you got Ben, it. tell us about this beer and it, it, it's gotta be well close to five. It, it was a really good double hazy IPA. Um, so this was the Narrative Fermentations, and yes, I forgot the name of it at the beginning. It is the Citra is My Vice. It is an 8.8%, and I can't blame it on the high alcohol because I wasn't drinking it at that point. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a heavy beer at 8.8. It's a tasty beer. It's, it's really tropically. Um, it's a, it's a, a good... Uh, double IPA that you can definitely just sit there and sip on and an 8.8 .8, that's the only thing that I would do because if you try to drink this fast it's it's game over you're going to be hurting a lot more than just a, a regular IPA in the morning <laughs> um, 
Because it was so high, I'm going to unfortunately drop the number a little bit low. Um, it was a, a really good beer. I, I still like it the, you know, better than a lot of the other doubles I, I've tried. I'm going to put it at a... I'm going to put it at a straight four here. Um, it's a, a beer that I'd get again, but I don't think I'd go out of my way because it's just too high of a percentage and I'd only be able to drink just one. And, you know, that's that's a big factor for me. I want to, I wanna, you know, be able to sit there and sip it, but I want to have a lot. So uh, it, it it's still a great beer, four out of five. Um, I, I loved their uh, cold fermented pale and their uh their italian pilsner a lot um those would both be high on my list and who knows maybe those will be on on one of the next shows damn two fours out of five all right so thank you all for listening to taproom sports that was a great show yes, sir. Uh, thank you corday for jumping on the podcast make sure you check him out on instagram corday made yo day and on twitter Corday made your day. That's a YR. And, uh, you know, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Taproom underscore sports, Instagram at Taproom Sports Podcast, and Facebook at Facebook.com slash Taproom Sports Podcast. Or just visit www.taproomsportspodcast.com where you can find out all of our social media accounts. Plus, check out our new merchandise in collaboration with The Glory. And uh, make sure you check out APR for those Week 7 previews as we go- are joined by Steady Eddie and Puddles to give you the ins and outs for your betting and fantasy football week. I am Big Ball and Ben Larson with my co-host Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Let's go. We'll see you next week. Go vote November 3rd. We are out. See y'all next week.